The Laughter Permitted Podcast is brought to you by Ally. Do it right. We're ready. We're ready. We're ready for season six. Come on, land. We're, We're ready. ready. We're ready. We're ready for season six. That's ridiculous. <laughs> but yes, we are. Hey there, Dope Village. That's right. Welcome to season six of Laughter Permitted. It's officially <laughs> launched. I'm Julie Fowdy. Alongside me, as always, is Lynn Zowie. Hi, Lynn. Hey, Jules. Hopefully we didn't rupture any eardrums just now, but we're ready. <laughs> what can we say? We're ready. Starting this season with a powerhouse. Sue Bird. Sue Bird, y'all. And Sue, as you all know, is one of the greatest basketball players of all time. She won two national titles while at UConn. She was then drafted as the number one pick by Seattle Storm of the WNBA, where she has been for 18 straight years. She's also won four WNBA titles with them. She is the all-time leader in assists and games played for the WNBA. Oh, yes, don't forget, she has five Olympic gold medals in a row. Yes, five. Sue has become a powerful voice for social justice off the court as well. She is taking some time now at 40 years old to figure out what comes next. I think it's safe to say Sue's a special kind of rad woman because on top of all this awesomeness, she is, of course, engaged to a soccer player, which immediately puts you in the rad column, the one and only Megan Rapino. And yes, Pino comes up once or twice in conversation. So get comfortable listening. It's Sue Bird. Hey there, Dope Village. Lynn and I have been involved in women's sports our entire lives. And truly, we've never been more excited for what's to come in this women's sports space. And one big reason, Ally. Ally has made a commitment to an equal media investment in women's and men's sports. And that means more money going to women's sports and more visibility for what these incredible athletes are accomplishing. Ally is on a mission to change the game for women's sports. So here at Laughter Permitted, we're going to keep telling the stories of trailblazing women. And every time you listen in, you are part of that change. To learn more about Ally, go to ally.com. Hey there, Dope Village. As y'all know, Ally has backed Laughter Permitted since day one of our podcast as our financial ally. And honestly, Lynn, I might just tattoo Ally on my forehead. And Ally is currently on a mission to change the game for women sports. And get this, along with being sponsors of the National Women's Soccer League, Atlantic Coast Conference, United States Golf Association, and the Las Vegas Aces, Ally has committed to an equal media investment in women's and men's sports. And you, my friends, can be part of the change by watching your favorite athletes crush it on TV, by going to women's sporting events in person, by, I don't know, maybe listening to every single episode of this amazing podcast on trailblazing women. Because every time you show up for women's sports, you are helping move the game forward. You can learn more about Ally by visiting ally.com. Kick back, relax, and unwind. 
All right, Sue, set the scene. Where you're at, what you're doing, all those fun things. Yeah, I'm in Seattle, just hanging out at home, fresh off um, a WNBA season. So I'm only like a week and a half or so after losing in the playoffs. Mm -hmm. So just kind of hanging out. Usually I don't do much right after a season. So it's I don't have much to report, just kicking it. Do you even know how to just kick it like that? I mean, quarantine yes. made us pretty good at kicking it. Yes. But. <laughs> I know. I'm like, I, I, it's like, I say this knowing that, you know, not a lot of people had the, the privilege of saying this. I thrived in quarantine. <laughs> that was like right up my alley. I was like, oh, wait a minute. I'm on my own schedule. I get to do what I want. Yes. You can't leave, but whatever. I'll, I'll make it work. I was loving life. <laughs> I know. Full disclosure. I, I had, I didn't have to travel for 16 months. I'm, exactly. Yes. Yes. I was like, this is amazing. Yeah. You actually know my name. My kids know my name. <laughs> All right. Well, Lynn and I, we didn't even know where to start with this with this interview because when we go back and look at your career, let's go over this list, shall we? It's pretty long. I feel like I should like drop a scroll. Uh, 18 years <laughs> WNBA, five Olympic gold medals, five. We're going to talk about that. Four WNBA titles, two NCAA titles from University of Connecticut, of course. I don't know if you're an 11 or a 12-time WNBA All-Star, but it's a lot. Regardless, it doesn't really matter. One of the greatest ever to play the game. And I'm not even talking off-the-court stuff. That's all on-the-court stuff. So, I, I mean, I look at this and I'm like, damn, this woman needs to be drinking many Moscow mules on a sunny, sandy beach somewhere with people feeding her grapes. <laughs> End of story. I won't argue with that. <laughs> right? <laughs> I wish I wish (laughs) go get it I mean do you ever look back and go damn um I did all that I mean hot shit I I don't say the hot shit part but (laughs) I do I do the you know I randomly will have a moment where I'm like I kind of think more about like people my age like like people I played with my age like other athletes other basketball players and I'm like I'm the one that did that you know what I mean? Like I'm the one still playing. Like I'm the one that, I don't know, did all this stuff. I have random moments like that. Just cause you know, when you're growing up, you're like, you know, it's, you're surrounded by all the same people all the time. And then, you know, from AAU for us, for AAU to college, same people all the time. Then you go to the professional, same people all the time. And like, somehow I ended up being the one, you know, it's like, it blows my mind sometimes. Oh, it is amazing. I mean, it's one thing we talk about this a lot on the podcast. It's one thing to be great. It's another entirely to be consistently great, which is what you've done. How, when you look back, I know you could take how, just how we're just going to spend the next 45. We could talk 45 minutes on how you've done that. We could go for hours on this, but if you wade through all of it, like what's the main thing you go, that's, that's a huge reason why I was consistent. So I know we're not doing a deep, deep dive here. I mean, some of it's a little luck, like, like (laughs) some of it's a little luck, like no joke. I've played with the greatest of all time, literally. 
So I've always been surrounded by amazing teammates. I got drafted to Seattle, was really lucky to be, um, I wasn't so thrilled at first, but as it turns out, it's, it's the best franchise, obviously I'm biased, but the best franchise in WNBA. So there's, there's some luck in terms of like where you end up, but obviously it's what you do with it. I think for me, my position is such where, you know, it's a combination of things. I've never really been dependent on my size, my, my speed, like every, like early on, but not my size, not my speed. I wasn't jumping over people. I wasn't overpowering people physically combined with the position I play, which is point guard, getting everybody involved, running the plays, Mm -hmm. running the show. So I think those two things have led to longevity. It's kind of a, my game Mm -hmm. has been allowed to like evolve in a way where even as I, you know, as we get older, we decline a little bit, of course, physically, um, it never impacted me too negatively. I never like lost part of my game. I just had to like adjust and adapt. I had to start taking care of myself more for sure. The last like five years or so, six maybe has been that journey. But I do think some of it is just, I've been, I'm, I'm lucky the position, literally the position I play helps me go for a very long time. Wait, time out. I don't think you give yourself enough credit, honestly, because <laughs> <laughs> I played alongside a lot of really good talent. I mean, Mia Hamm, yeah. Michelle Akers, you go down the list, Christine Lilly, Brandi Chastain, and I still was sucky. <laughs> I mean, I, I just had a really loud voice and could yell at them and direct them around. I mean, there's more to it than just being lucky in your franchise and the teammates around yeah. you. Give no, 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 I know. Credit. I know, I know, I know. I mean, like, it's crazy discipline. I think the changing um, of like my diet, my nutrition, my workout, like I said, like that was, I think, six or seven years ago now. That was probably the, the most pivotal moment in this whole longevity conversation hmm. that changed everything. And what was the impetus for that? Oh, I felt myself like, if I'm going to be kind to myself, I felt a plateau. I think the reality is I was doing one of these and I felt it and I noticed it and I could, I could sense it. And I was really, um, I was just really aware of it. And I was like, well, what can I do? Like, what are the, what, what's really the only thing I haven't done yet. And at that moment, there was a woman actually Stanford grad, so shout outs to the card. Yeah, come um, <laughs> um, she was our strength and conditioning coach at the moment. And she's a former basketball player, a player, her name is Susan Borchard. And I was like, Susan, what can I do? And she was like, boom, 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 boom. And I was like, my life is yours. Let's do this. And it changed everything for me. <laughs> my life is in your hands. There it is. Uh, and she came through. Yes. She did. Susan. She did. And you well, listened. And you followed the plan. And you listened. I was going to say like, yes, it does require constrained. like discipline and all that stuff. But yeah, that's kind of the, the short, the cliff notes of it all. If we do dive a little deeper and if we do have a bit of a masterclass of life with Sue Bird and, and success, because your name has become synonymous with, with greatness, what is your process, would you say, for success? So for instance, when you went on a nutrition and training program, are you, would you consider yourself a goal setter? Do you dream and create an action plan? Is there a process? Shaking your head, no. <laughs> Is there a secret sauce of certain characteristics that you have that make it such that you have had so much success in your career? Um, I'm actually not a goal setter. I think, Hmm. um, and maybe this is a little more specific to like a team sport versus an individual sport. First of all, the goal is always to win. Okay. So it's like, whether you're on the Olympic team, it's to win, whether you're on, I'm on the Seattle storm, it's to win, whether I was in college, it's to win. It's always to win. And what I've found is as long as I keep that the only goal, 
everything else seems to fall in line. Mm-hmm. Like I never set out to, I don't really have a ton of individual awards, but whether it's like, you know, I was player of the year in college. I didn't write that down in my notebook and like pin it to my locker. It just kind of came with what winning brought. And even in, in Seattle, I've never won MVP or anything like that, but whether it's like WNBA all first team, um, you know, being high on the list, like right now I'm number one for assists, but even like, as I climb that, it was never like, I'm trying to get to number one. Mm-hmm. It was like, if I'm doing what I need to be doing and our team is winning, all that other stuff just kind of falls into place. That's, that's my take on it. And that's what's happened for me. Um, so I've never sat down and said, I want to average this and I want to do that. And I want to, I've never really done the individual thing. I think all of that just comes when you win the actual title. Um, I guess the, the one thing I would share on top of that is I kind of do like a 80, I'm like an 80, 20 vibe type person, like 80% of the time I'm, I'm on it. Like I'm eating what I'm supposed to eat and I'm working out the way I'm supposed to. And then 20%, I'm like, this is a lot. And I'm just going to go have some pizza and kick it. Like, I'm just going to go chill on the couch and watch Netflix. Like I can't, you know, I'm going to go out with my friends and I'm going to do what I want and not care, you know? So I think you have to have balance. I guess that Hmm. that's kind of where that goes. You have to have balance throughout it all. Donuts, beer, you got to You got to add that in. Those are good for the soul too, right? Absolutely. It's sanity. It's your sanity. Otherwise you'd go batshit crazy because it's so intense. 100%. That's the thing. It, it looks like you have fun in life. How dare you have fun while playing sports? <laughs> what is this nonsense? I know. It's. Not, I mean, honestly, it's not that fun a lot of times. So that's why you have to have the fun off the court. I mean, yeah, it's fun putting the trophy up there, but shit, the other stuff. Oof. It's not that fun. That's you why you got to have the balance. You guys were having some fun after you won that fifth Olympic gold medal. Yes, you were. Well, yeah. I saw that locker that's when you, Yeah, that's when you, yeah, you got to let your hair down, I guess. Oh, <laughs> let's go there, actually. I mean, speaking okay. of shouting out consistently great, five Olympic gold medals. I mean, 20, almost 20 years. I know your first Olympics was 2004, but that's almost 20 mm-hmm. years you've been in the Olympic realm. Yeah. Um, and all of them gold. Let's just, let's just let that marinate for a second. Okay. I'll let it marinate as long as you want. Yeah. I don't mind living in that. Um, in this fifth Olympics for you though, you got named as the flag bearer and that to me, I was like, Oh my gosh, that is so rad. Take us to that moment and the emotion of that moment walking in the team. And I know it was a different Olympics, but still, I mean, holy shit, Sue, that's such an honor. Yeah, it really was incredible. Um, obviously, the the best part, I think, is that the other athletes vote you in, mm-hmm. as you know. So that's unique. That's a unique, I don't know. I don't even really know what else in the world of basketball where athletes vote. I don't even know if that exists. I think maybe they do it for our all-star game now, but like mm-hmm. it only has a certain like weight on it. This was all athletes from across all the sports. Um, so that was pretty cool. And the other really fun part was... Um, they did a man and a woman this year. Yeah. So Eddie Alvarez was, was who was selected for the men. And it was really cool to like share that with someone I could see. And this is probably speaks more to my personality. I mean, yeah, there are times where like, as a leader, you have to be the the voice or the one in front or, but I would so much rather do it with other people. Yeah. Like that's so much better. So to do it with Eddie, who was an amazing guy, we had so much fun. Um, so it was special and it was meaningful, but I think 
the fact that we're able to have fun with it also just made it, made it even better. And both our teams were like constantly trying to like navigate them to the front, but it gets, it gets pushy up there. <laughs> Let me tell you, that was the one thing where I was like, I was like, this breath on my neck the entire time. Me and Eddie were like, dang. Okay. Okay. If you go watch, it's actually pretty funny. Like all the other countries, it's like their flag bearer. Then there's like five feet and all the other athletes, uh, go watch the U S they're literally just like, people. yeah, they're just right up on us. Um, but it was really fun and, and very, very special. You, you know, always past opening ceremonies when they're like, okay, we want you to march in, in line, stay in line. And it's like, ah, craziness. Oh, I don't even know how they do it. Like somehow they get us all there in order. Yeah. Cause when, when you're walking through, it's like, you've no idea how this is getting accomplished. Yeah. Nobody spoke English. It was just, yeah. interesting. <laughs> Speaking of special moments from, from this games, you and, for your former UConn teammate, great friend Diana Taurasi made some incredible history as the only two women in basketball to have five Olympic golds. Did you have a moment together after the gold medal game? We know the locker room moment. Was there anything? <laughs> uh, and what we're referring to, just uh, check it out on social media. It will brighten your day of some dancing in the locker room. But, you know, what did that mean for you, Di- for you and Diana? And as I said, did you get a chance to have a moment together? Yeah, I mean, real quick on that video, Loki, we didn't even want to do it. The whole trip, all the younger players were like, oh, can you do this TikTok? We're going to do this TikTok. <laughs> Me and Dee are like, oh, trust us. It's better if we're not these TikToks. Um, so yeah, it worked out nice, I guess. Um, it ended up being hilarious. Um, anyways, yeah, I mean, listen, I am. I feel, oh God. I mean, I was going to say lucky again, but it's like I got to experience all these things, Olympic gold medals, championships, with my Mm -hmm. best friend, you know, somebody we met when we were in college. Um, we played overseas together. That's probably really when Mm -hmm. our friendship, like we were already homies, but that was when we became like family. So to do that with D who's not only, you know, the best player, but also hilarious makes all those experiences so much more fun. Um, it's, it's, it's really wonderful that we've gotten to, to share that. And I think after the game, it's kind of funny. We've, we've just been caught. I mean, we're, we're, t- we're like the two peas in the pod all the time in, on these trips. It's like, we're going to get coffee. We're going over here. We're going over there. We, we don't really leave each other's side, but for some reason, after like a few of the Olympics, we've always had this picture taken, not on purpose. It's just kind of happened. We're like, we're walking off the court, like kind of like with our hand, you know, arms around each other. And so this time she kind of like snatched me up. She's like, we got to get that. Someone's going to snap this pic. Let me put my arm around you. <laughs> So we're kind of like laughing about that. And what's funny is every time that picture has been taken in previous Olympics, we actually have been like, so should we do this again next time? Like, are we going to come back in four years? And so this time, yeah. So this time it was more of like, little do people know, we're usually like making the deal, making the plan right now. (laughs) You got got another Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. She was like, so are we? And I was like, I don't know if we're making that deal now. This might be the last time. (laughs) I think I'm good. (laughs) Oh, you never know, sister. Uh, What's know. another? Sure. It's only three. It's not even four. I know that. I know that's the funny part. Because like yeah. you're like, oh, wait, us, maybe, maybe. Yeah, yeah. So like, obviously, with Megan, I've learned a lot about your guys's like soccer lives and the kind of you know you're basically signing up for four years, mm-hmm. you know. And it's kind of like, well, if you're not going to get to the World Cup, do you even want to start the like yeah the next of it cycle? All? Yeah, yeah, the cycle. Um, for us, it's a little different in that it's um, our World Cup 
is every four year, I'm sorry, every two years opposite the Olympics or sorry, every four years opposite the Olympics. Mm-hmm. You know what? Let me start that over. So <laughs> it's like, if it's it, if the Olympics is 2020, our world cup is 2022, right. 2024, next Olympics. Got you got it. it. Okay. So, but it's similar in that if you're going to do the world cup, like you're staying on for two years to right. do the Olympics, like Which for us, it's the sense. Olympics. Yeah. yeah. For us, it's like, you're staying on for the Olympics. Yeah. So there was a moment where it was kind of like, well, the world cup's in a year, <laughs> you know, and then the Olympics is two years after that. And <laughs> I mean, but uh, yeah, I'm pretty sure that's it for me. Yeah. Oh. There's going to be a lot of sad people out there. <laughs> they already know they're fine. <laughs> <laughs> they know. Um, speaking of Megan, she mm-hmm. snuck her ass into that gold medal game, which, which had me. Cracking she sure up. did. She sure did. <laughs> How she special sure did. to get that moment with her there with you guys. Yeah. On the sideline. It, was so it, cute. it was amazing. It was amazing. I was totally out of that. I was, she was like, Oh, and this was like weeks prior. She was like, Oh, our gold medal game. Um, like basically they finished before we did. Yeah. So she was like, obviously hoping that, that they won the gold medal as well. She was like, so once we're done. I actually, um, NBC has offered like some sort of something for her to get credentialed and then do some media stuff at my game. And she was like, so then I can do this and I can stay at the hotel and I could do that. And I was like, I actually don't want to be involved in this at all. Like <laughs> do what you need to do in the only way that you can do it. I just didn't want to get, you know, cause it's COVID and people are going to yeah. say something. And, right. and I was like, if you make it work, I hope you're there. Let me know. <laughs> I'm like, I don't want to be a part of this. And you know, it's Megan. So of course she made it work. She got her ass in there. <laughs> uh, love it. I love it. It was fun. I don't yeah. know how she got in there, but she did get in there. Who cares? Yeah, she, she was a credentialed uh, member of the media. Right. Very important member of the media. One of the most important. Yeah. Let's go back to the WNBA. 18 years in the WNBA and I, I essentially half your life almost. And yeah. with the same team, you've stayed with Seattle this entire time, which you just in this day and age, you just don't see uh, very often drafted with their first pick in 2002. And I was watching that moment with Holly Rowe recently in mm-hmm. your single elimination. Why it's single elimination? What the F? they're changing it okay thank you <laughs> well I, I they're hopefully changing it, I should say. so it's the second round single elimination game to give some context you're playing mm-hmm. Taras, um d's team Tarasi's team mm-hmm. phoenix mercury and you have this moment you've just lost in overtime with the two of you on the sidelines with holly take me to that moment because there's chanting happening it's craziness yeah the chanting is what got me um mm-hmm. So we had actually planned to do a Jersey exchange um, for our regular season game, which was a week prior to that one. We played Phoenix in our last regular season game. And I was like, Hey, this is like something that, you know, a lot of people do. It's just, obviously it's a sign of respect. It's kind of a moment you share. There's nobody else I would want to, you know, exchange my Jersey with. And I was like, we've never done this. This could be fun. It doesn't, it didn't have any meaning in terms of retirement or last games. And then at the same time, it's kind of like, well, this could be the last time we play each other. Like, who knows? So we were supposed to do it that regular season game, but D was hurt and she didn't travel. So then when the playoff game came, it was like the night before I texted her and I was like, hey, listen, it's playoffs. 
And we actually usually like, we'll go to dinner after a playoff game, but on the lead up, we don't really talk much when it's, when we're playing each other, mm-hmm. <laughs> like we're, it's kind of, yeah, we're kind of like enemy. church state. We just, yeah. So I texted her and I was just like, listen, it's playoffs. I was like, I don't care. I was like, win, lose, whether mm-hmm. it's by 20 by one, we're, we're, we're exchanging these jerseys. Like mm-hmm. I, we're not missing this moment. She was like, all right, cool. So I was actually kind of lingering a little bit knowing that we were going to do that when the game ended. And what I saw was Holly Rowe, like beeline it for me. And she had already kind of set up, I think Dee was already set to do like the post-game interview. And Holly was like, do you mind? And I was like, oh no, absolutely not. Like, it's actually better than just standing here looking like a loser waiting for her to finish. So um, I went over and uh, yeah. Let me join the party. (laughs) Yeah, like, oh, this is my home court. It feels really weird just to be standing here. so yeah, join the interview. Holly did what Holly does. Mm-hmm. She was amazing. And yeah, then the crowd started chanting one more year. And that's when I like mm. could not even, I was, I was already kind of hard to hold it together as it was, you know, we've just lost. It's been like a little bit of a roller coaster mm-hmm. year in the last couple of weeks. Cause Stewie sa- sadly got hurt. Yeah. Um, so we knew that was going to put a ding in our playoff, um, not our playoff, sorry, our, like we were trying to repeat. So that was going to put, yeah, it was going to make it harder. So anyways, so yeah, when they started chanting that, I was like, oh shit, here we go. <laughs> but those are my, you know, those are, I feel like I've grown up in front of those people, yeah. those fans. Yeah. Um, there's some, there's some, you know, 20 year olds who were in their mom's bellies when I met them, right. <laughs> which is pretty wild. That's you know, so they'll crazy. come to the games and be like, my mom was pregnant when she, and I'm like, yeah, I remember. <laughs> So um, oh I really feel like I've grown up here. Yeah. And a generation has been watching you, literally. Whole yeah, it's wild. Two generations. Yeah, it's wild. Is Seattle home for life? I will always, I think we will always keep a place here. You don't know where life's going to take you. I'm from the East Coast originally. Megan's from California. Um, so it's like you never know what's going to happen. But I can't imagine we don't have a home here, that we don't have a presence of some sort here, both in the basketball, soccer communities. Um, I just, I, I mean, like I said, I really feel like I've grown up here because I've spent, you know, obviously I always say, I'm like, there's, there's like the place you actually grew up, like from Mm. age zero to whatever, you know, and like you kind of, but then there's this like other grow up, like as an adult. So I got here when I was 21 and I'm 40 now. So I feel like, you know, when I was like going to restaurants and trying things out and like living as an adult, this is where I grew up. So I I just, Mm. I will always be here in some way, shape or form. Okay, rewind to that game again. Back to the chant. I will say you held it together. I would have been a hot mess in that moment. It was like mind over matter, bite my lip, head in my jersey for a good five seconds. It was tough. I mean, do we need to start the chant one more year again? (laughs) What's the... Yeah. What's the... We'll take these out. What's the response? I got to think about it. You're Um, still thinking. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So... The good and the bad. So the WNBA offseason is so long and it's actually kind of intimidating the thought mm. of like doing it all over again and staying in shape. But it's also nice because it's going to give me like free agency doesn't really start until after the new year. So it's going to give me some time. Like my team doesn't need to know immediately, yeah. which is nice. So I yeah. think it, it allow me to kind of let the emotion of the season and the last game and all that kind of die. Because I woke yeah. up the next day and I was like, yo, let's go, let's go, let's run it back right now. I'm ready, you know, because we had just lost. 
So I needed all of the good and the bad emotion to kind of fade before I, I sit down and make the decision. What What is super interesting to me is that you and Pino are in this same stage together of yeah, trying to figure out that transition and what the next step is. And do I stay or do I go or, mm -hmm. you know, what's next? So how many conversations do you have about which galaxy you want to conquer next and where it's going to be and all those fun things. Yeah. I mean, it's actually just been an ongoing conversation since we met, I think. Um, mm. Obviously, you know, we've been together now like five years wow. and it was different then because, well, especially for her, like I'm five years older. So it is a significant difference um, like in an athlete's life at this age. But like we were talking about it. For, for, for you guys in soccer to sign up for the whole four-year cycle. Whereas for me, I'm just talking about one more season. Yeah. And then after that season, it's like, okay, could I do one more? So every year I get to kind of, right. you know, re-up. So it is a little different, um, but it's similar. A lot, we're, we're like kind of thinking and contemplating about really similar things and, you know, asking ourselves what we want to be when we grow up. So <laughs> there's what that. What do we want to do for real? Yeah, like what are we going to, we're going to be, I'm excited. The one thing about retirement that excites me is I'm going to be young again. I'm in this world now where I'm constantly old. Like everybody talks about my age. My teammates are getting 20 years younger. Like, you know, like I don't want to do TikToks. I'm sorry. I just don't. So yeah, I'm excited to be, to be young again. Like 40 is not old. If I feel old now in my career, but I know it's like not old in the, in the real world, so to speak. So I'm excited for that. Well, and the really cool thing for both of you, which a lot of athletes honestly don't have, is is the versatility of all you've done. I mean, you, you could go into television, you could uh, you could go into front office work, which you've done, of course, with uh, the Nuggets. You could go into advocacy or so many different areas you guys have been a part of. Um, so whatever it is, you're going to crush it. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see. But yeah, we do. Obviously, we talk about that stuff all the time. Yeah. Um, I think as, as players, we always strive. I know this was a constant conversation with us is, you know, how do we leave the game in a better place? And um, you've done so much of that in your career. But when you look back on it all, what are you most proud of? I think for on the court stuff, um, I feel like myself and a couple other point guards in our generation really helped change how that position is played for a very long time. It was just the person who brought the ball down the court, called the play was a good passer, but wasn't really the scorer of the group. You were just kind of out there to facilitate and help everybody else. But like I said, I think myself, I can name names like Lindsay Whalen's one that comes to mind, Becky mm -hmm. Hammond. Mm -hmm. um, now you see people like Courtney Vandersloot where you have to guard us. We're scorers also. So I feel really proud that we've kind of changed what that position is. Um, and then off the court, I think, um, I think the, the, yeah, if I had to pick one, I would say the CBA that we negotiated mm -hmm. a couple years ago, mm -hmm. I was part of the executive committee for that. And what I'm proud of is it wasn't for me. Like, I'm not gonna, mm -hmm. I wasn't going to see the benefit of it all. Cause it, it's just gonna get better and better and better. Um, I saw a little bit in these, in these couple of years, but for the most part, it was for the next generation. It was to start something new for them. It was like a big reset button, to be honest, the right. CBA and the things right. we got out of it. So I feel really proud and happy to know that my legacy will kind of, part of that will be involved in my legacy. Yeah. 
live on for that next generation that gets to reap exactly. the rewards of that. That's awesome. Yep. Well, let's hear see. That so much turn and pull. Yeah. yeah. That's how I, that's how I got a lot of things across the players too. I was like, guys, this isn't even for me. I'm not trying like, I promise. Exactly. Not even, I'm not even going to yeah. see this money. This is for you. Damn it. <laughs> yeah. So get on board. <laughs> yeah. Know that conversation. Well, um, <laughs> Well, let's see what your legacy is going to be left like when we play this Lynn game next. Lynn, your game. Sue, you are going to go head-to-head with Julie in a trivia game. Best of five questions. Let's go. They're all multiple choice. There is a theme to all of the questions. Okay. Today's theme is the bird is the word. Oh. All of the questions are related to birds. The bird is the word. What is that thing called? The the. the Julie's noisemaker <laughs> is a Vuvuzela. 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 I knew it was something. Vuvuzela. Vuvuzela. So, what have you got as your noisemaker? I've got keys. Keys. A lot of works. We've had keys. Actually, before. here's my little keychain person. Oh, you see it? <laughs> yes, that's awesome. That's my favorite <laughs> that is Megan Rapino in her famous pose from the 2019 World Cup. Shout out mini football. They're the ones that hook these things up. They like miniaturize people. Have you ever oh, seen yeah. it? No. Oh my God. Awesome. Instagram, one. mini footballer. It's hilarious. It's hilarious. <laughs> so cool. So they sent us these keychains. Yeah, so that's funny. Awesome. Okay, here we go. Does she have a Sue Bird keychain? She does. <laughs> These are the hard-hitting questions I like to ask on Laughter Permitted. My nieces love it. (laughs) Okay, so again, five questions, all multiple choice. If you think you know the answer at any point, too, you can can chime in. Jeopardy style? Okay. Question one. Who wrote the song, Three Little Birds? Was Sue? I don't know. Um, Bob Marley. Correct. (laughs) I was trying to do it in my head. Like, wait. Question two. How tall is the Sesame Street character Big Bird? Is he A, 6'2", B, 7'2", or C, 8'2"? Oh, that was close. I am terrible. I think she she blew before we heard it. Do not not see the saliva all over the screen. Yeah, that's why you won. That's why you won. Uh, 7'2". B. Incorrect. Ah! Oh man. Six two or eight two? I'll, I guess. I mean, I guess we'll have to go eight two. He doesn't want six two. Oh, right. I'm getting my ass whooped. Oh boy. Ass whooped. I cannot go without one. Okay. Question three: What is a group of owls called? Oh. Is it A a parliament, B a colony, or C a caucus? <laughs> Julie. Parliament. Correct. I feel like Sue let you vuvuzela in. I was going to say colony anyway. So, okay. Question four What number did Larry Bird wear? Oh, come on. 33. 33. Correct. So unfair. She's the greatest for a reason, Julie. Uh, I, it's, a, it's a bias category, you know. Um, I, I should have won that. What was your fifth question? Me. Real quick, real quick. Fifth one, fifth one. <laughs> Just in case, I would have got it. Question five. What is the name of the of Toronto's Major League Baseball team? Super. Blue Jays. Blue Jays. Yeah. There we go. <laughs> okay, most pressing questions. 
What is something you're passionate about outside of basketball that you could talk about for hours on end? Um, my nieces. Mm. I'm like that Aww. annoying aunt. I'm like, they're so smart. They're so strong. They're going to be so good at this. They're so smart. <laughs> Aww, uh, how old are they? Uh, they're, uh, Zoe's eight. Alex is six. So it's fun. Aww. They're like, you know, they're like starting to be people now. So it's getting a little more fun. Yeah. Mm. That is so fun. Okay. Who wins in a game of bowling? You or Pino? Ooh, we've never bowled. Um, what? I'm pretty sure it's me. I'm pretty good at bowling. I've heard this. Yeah. I actually really like bowling. My mom had like, she was in a league when we were growing up. So, you know, you know how it is. You get dragged to things. So me and my sister would just bowl our faces off. <laughs> so I feel like I would win. Top score? My top score ever? I don't know. I mean, I break 200 like fairly regularly. Wow. You, you've bagged a turkey before. <laughs> Definitely. Um, Megan is like low-key good at everything though. So it could be a good battle. And you've never bowled. Oh, I would be like, bowled. hey, do you want to just try bowling? I'm not sure I'm not good <laughs> at it, but let's go. Yeah. I'd have a bowling alley in if my house. She's low-key good at everything. Do you get randomly competitive about No, things? we don't. We actually don't. Okay at all we've like raced a couple times and that's about it and who wins well i'm five years older so <laughs> and her sport is like more speed like longer speed. Uh, i'm good in spurts <laughs> she beat me quick she in beat the five me. yards she beat me all right finally high low cheer this is the high of your career the low of your career and the cheer is for someone you are grateful for. We'll start with a high. Um, hi. Uh, I mean, winning the fifth Olympic gold, mm. tough to beat, tough mm. to beat. Yeah. Hello with okay. my five Olympics. I know. Wait, the gold, the medals this year too. Yeah, I know they were huge and heavy. Literally I'm in the green room at NBC waiting to do a hit and I hear this <laughs> clink 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 and it's Katie Ledecky walking in with oh. her four medals she's like Jules we're masked up so I'm like it has to be Katie she's got four medals around her neck yeah. I couldn't even tell no Crazy. so heavy and big they just like got increasingly larger and bigger and like heavier as the years went that's my met- that's my take I have metal envy for sure <laughs> but yeah so that's definitely a high um Actually, the, you know, it makes it the high, like to do it at 40. You know what I mean? Like to do something later. I feel like that's kind of showing itself in my career that the, the stuff later, I'm like way more grateful for because it's so unexpected. I'm like playing with house money at this point. So to be like even winning in the WNBA, it's just been it's been crazy because I never thought that I would still be playing and kind of being able to do that. And then the low. Huh. The low is definitely comes in the form of injuries for sure. And I actually think like, man, it's tough. I actually think my most recent knee surgery was in 2019. And that was really very stressful because I knew something was weird, but it wasn't, it wasn't like a torn this or a torn that it wasn't that simple. I've had a lot of surgeries on my knee. So it's a little more complex than that. Mm-hmm. But there was like a period of time where it, doctors like weren't quite sure if they'd be able to help me essentially Mm -hmm. that's kind of like the short version and that was I was like oh my god is this it because I knew I couldn't play the way I was it was like banged up enough where I was like something ain't right and then luckily um 
the doctor who's done basically all my knee surgeries. I actually had ended up flying to see him in Connecticut and he was like, all right, we're going to do this, this, and this. And then it worked. So I was able to play, you know, another two years as of right now. So I think that was a low because that was the first time where I felt like, um, I was going to be forced into retirement physically from like a, like a physical standpoint. And I've always felt like, man, it'd be great if I can be the one to decide when I'm done. Without my timeline. Yeah. Yeah. That was, that was Mm. a big time low. That was a tough couple months. Yeah. Wait, how many total knee surgeries have you had? Just, I've only had them on my left knee and I've had six and like, name it. I've had it. (laughs) Yeah. Dang. But it's kind of, it's like what also got me here. So it's hard to Mm -hmm. be too mad about it. Um, And then who am I grateful for? Yeah. Your cheer. Oh my God. That's tough. Just one. Um, (laughs) You can do more more than one. one. We'll allow it. Yeah. I mean, I brought up Susan earlier. She a hundred percent saved my career. I wouldn't be with here, be here without like my family. So that's a no brainer. Mm-hmm. Um, and then my college coach, Coach Ariyama, I don't think I would be the player I am and like mm-hmm. have the mental toughness um, that I have. And then, man, I'm just going to give two more shout outs since we're here. Um, <laughs> Jenny Busek is a coach that she was an assistant for a long time. She was a head coach for a period of time, but she's always kind of been like, my biggest fan and also the person that keeps it the realest with me. And I, I like, I need that. I don't thrive on like blowing smoke. That is not my thing. Like you need to just keep it like, tell me what it is. Am I bad? Great. Let me get better. You know, did I play well? Okay, good. Now I can use that. And then of course, Megan. Mm. Oh, hello, Pino. Yep. So good. So good. Well, whenever you retire, whatever you do, Right. This is is one thing we know. You're going to bring the same class and badassery to whatever orbit you land in. And whoever gets you is going to be so damn lucky. So can't wait to watch that next phase. I appreciate that. Thank you. And we were somewhat on time, Suze. I'm really proud of us. (laughs) This is hard for us to do. We try to keep it moving. Uh, Thank you. Yeah. Thank you guys for having me. Give Pino a, a big hug for me. I will. If you've heard any noise, it's been her in the background. Always growing, Lynn. Keeping ourselves on time. It's the new us. (laughs) Growth mindset. We can do this. Tightening things up. Keep this ship straight. Okay. Now that is a lofty goal for season six. (laughs) It's never going to happen. Okay. Lynn, takeaways? First off, did you catch that Sue dropped a hackerism? Um, stand by. No. She said adjust and adapt. Oh, yeah, she did say adjust and adapt. I actually just heard that in the re-listen I did. Mm-hmm. We should have, uh-huh. yeah, we should have. And, and we didn't react to it was what I thought when I re-listened yeah. to it. Yeah, we didn't, we didn't adjust and adapt in the moment to point out that mm. that was a hackerism. So next time someone drops a hackerism, we'll, we'll do it. And we do need to bust a move because we just, we're adjusting, yeah. adapting, right. adjusting and adapting. And that, that's what I actually thought when I re-listened to it. I was like, how, how do we not catch yeah. that and do a bust, bust a move? Yeah. We're not quite into form yet, but we'll get there. Okay. So something that stuck out to me with 
Sue was the 80-20 approach she talked with us about. I was thinking about it afterwards, and I can see how healthy that is from a mental standpoint. So I'll speak for myself. I certainly go through periods where I feel like I'm really on my self-care game with working out, eating well, sleep, all, the, all that good stuff. And there are other times with life and it drops off. And what ultimately happens is I feel like I'm treading water to get back into a groove. So it was Mm -hmm. interesting to hear Sue, who is one of the fittest athletes out there, have essentially built in to her routine room to be a human being. Mm. Room to be human. Mm. I was thinking about it, too, that you strike me as an athlete who probably did that in her career. (laughs) Except that I was probably 2080. I was thinking back to that and I was like, uh, maybe 40, 60, 40 healthy, 60, not so healthy. <laughs> I would not have sur- survived by today's standards of eating and their approach to fitness and all of that because mm-hmm. you know me, I like a good donut. I like my chocolate chip cookies. I like my cheddar cheese. <laughs> I like all of it. Um, but yeah, I, I I also thought the importance of um, which you you said so well the room to be human because mm. it is uh it's healthy for the soul as well mm. um i my takeaway was just before she was talking about the 80 20 is i thought this was super interesting she said that the goal um on every team she's been on is to win mm-hmm. whatever level and that she's never set out individual goals So she never comes into a season and thinks, I'm going to get this many assists or this many points. And that's fascinating because she said all falls into place when you're just thinking about winning as a group. And it's very much in line with how grounded she is, which I think comes screaming out of any interview she does. Mm -hmm. um, And how likable and how much she's in it for the team. And I think it's such a great reminder for not just – young people but adults as well that we get so consumed sometimes and what am i getting out of this and what are the accolades i'm receiving and how come no one's acknowledging what i'm doing instead of just hey if the group is successful then i'm going to be successful Mm -hmm. and mm, i loved that and that she never really even set those individual goals out for herself but uh, clearly um has had a tremendous career individually and collectively. So that was that was awesome to hear. Yeah, without a doubt. Okay. Questions permitted, Lynn. Do we have any? Yes, this one comes from your NBC producer in Tokyo. Ah, Kirsten. On Insta, she goes by at Cyclocrossgal. The question is, what's the update on the Toto? I'll <laughs> add this. You might have to first explain the Toto. <laughs> The Toto. Uh, so when we were at the Olympics in Japan, uh, our hotel and every hotel and every bathroom really uh, has a Toto toilet. And if you are not familiar with the Toto toilet, welcome to this new world that I'm going to open your mind to because it is mind blowing. It is a completely different way of going to the bathroom. Literally in our hotel, you do not have to touch anything. You walked into the bathroom at night. The light switched on on its own. 
Okay, the lid opened up for you. You sat your bum down on a warm, contoured seat. Warm. That's in, okay. that's incredible. Warm, warm, contoured seat that then flushed on its own and gave you a little rinse. You know, like the little <laughs> duvet. Uh, what do you call them again? Bidet. Bidet. Thank you. I said duvet. Bidet. The little bidet. The little bidet washes you off gently. Airs you down. Wait, airs you, know, you down too? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, it's, it's, I wanted to lay my little head on it like a soft pillow on that warm contoured seat. It got to be that weird. I I was obsessed with the Toto. Mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. I might have about 10 times um, Instagrammed about the Toto. But because I'm such an Instagram novice and so lame at it, I never even tagged Toto. Duh. My friend's like, why aren't you tagging Toto? And I was like, why am I not tagging Toto? You're right. And I didn't tag Toto, but mm-hmm. they they last week, as I put out on Instagram, maybe two weeks ago, um, sent an email to my agent. And was like, hey, we're interested in maybe Julie. Is she interested in getting a Toto or two at her house? And I was like, literally, I was like that girl in the GIF, you know, who's got her hands clenched together. And she's like, yes, yes. So um, I do not have a Toto yet in my house, but I'm highly confident that I am going to have one in the near future. That's being worked out right now. And they're just going to give you one? Uh-huh. I mean, I'm going to post on Instagram, but they don't know this. I would have posted like 700 times anyways. Um, I'm going to post. Yeah, so they're going to give me one. If mm-hmm. you get one of these in your house, I don't think you're ever going to leave your bathroom. <laughs> it's officially going to become a pot cast again. I'm so glad you went there because that's exactly <laughs> the joke I was hoping for. <laughs> a Toto cast. Anyways. We'll workshop it. Uh, thank you. Toto cast. Toto cast. I'm not leaving the Toto. Thank you, Kirst, for asking for the update. Because, you know, the, the, the sad thing is, is like, not only did I talk about it five million times on Instagram, my poor colleagues at NBC had to hear me brag about the Toto nonstop every day. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. I'm done with the Toto Talk. All right. Any other questions, Lynn? Uh, that's it for now. I think we will want some <laughs> Toto updates as the season progresses. Okay. Ah, so good to be back. I love it. A thank you to our sponsors, Ally and Dick Sporting Goods, for supporting Laughter Permitted. And thank you as well to Kate Diaz. She wrote and composed our catchy theme music. And as always, kids, remember, sing it with us. Laughter permitted. I'm pretty good at bowling.